Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Friday Roundtable Show. This is episode 350. We record this live every Friday at 8.30 Pacific Standard Time, or almost normally, almost always at 8.30 Pacific Standard Time. We've got a great panel, a really excellent panel. And um, after some back and forth, I think I've um, got some decent stories as well for you listeners and viewers. And I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves because I didn't do that last week. Uh, um, I'm going to let Morton. Morton, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to listeners and viewers? Happy Blue Beanie Day. Woo! Blue Beanie Day is celebrated every year on November 30th. It is to mark uh, web, the importance of web standards and accessibility online. Uh, for those of you not aware, it was started by Jeffrey Zeldman, because he published a book, Designing with Web Standards, back in the 1800s of web, so like 1999 <laughs> or something like that. And he was wearing a blue beanie on his head when he took the picture for the cover. So therefore, it's Blue Beanie Day. <clears throat> so if you go onto the internet today, and you see people wearing blue toques or hats or beanies or whatever you want to call them, it means that they are super web developer nerds <laughs> who follow Jeffrey Zeldman. Uh, so I, I just thought fine. you were having a bad hair day myself, but there we go. No, no, I cut uh, my hair yesterday. It's my hair day, hair day is on point. However, it's... <laughs> if your hair day will not be on point hat. once you take that hat off. No, I'm wearing the hat all day because that's, that's right, the whole point. Uh, my name is Martin. I'm a senior staff instructor at uh, LinkedIn Learning, and I have a lot of opinions about things. And Sally, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners' views? Certainly. Uh, my name is Sally Getch. I'm an experienced token woman. Uh, and uh, also, uh, I run WP Fangirl in Oakley, California, and I am the organizer of the East Bay WordPress Meetup in Oakland, California. And I think Morton is about to choke on his breakfast. <laughs> well, I've been actively trying to be, get some more women on this show. I, I've been an emailing, and I've, I've got whistling... Tr- silence for my outreach, but I will keep on trying. Uh, um, Spencer, uh, um, <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Yeah, I think we need like the Brady Bunch grid of three women and three men on the side with you in the middle doing da 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 da. Uh, Spencer Farman from WP Launchify. I help people who are interested in building profitable WordPress membership sites, usually with marketing automation. Thank you. And Chris? I'm Chris Badgett from Lift Your LMS. I help people build online course websites with WordPress. I will also be at WordCamp US. You can, if you want to connect in person, you can find out more about me and what I'm up to at Lifter LMS and my podcast, which is called LMS Cast. That's great. And my friend, John Locke. I'm John Locke, like you said, uh, from Lockdown SEO, helping manufacturers and industrial companies with SEO and web development. Right. That's great. Let's get on with this. Um, WordPress 5.0 release candidate. Right, Morton. Yeah, what would you like to say about this one, Morton? Did they release RC2 today? <laughs> I don't, God, I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm, totally, I'm totally confused. Mate. Okay, so for, for you to clarify. <laughs> Hold on one second. I'm just going to uh, find a date for you. So... Those of you who have um, been following along on the uh, endless journey of WordPress chaos, oh, even more information. Um, uh, WordPress 5.0 was announced to be released on the 27th of November. This was back in uh, August, they said that. Um, checking my clock right now. Oh, it's November the 30th today. Blue Beanie Day and no WordPress 5.0 has been released. Uh, we do have a release candidate number one, which was released on the 26th. Uh, it, there are issues with the release candidate. Uh, the Gutenberg team and the WordPress core team have now gotten to the point where they are actively and openly saying, yes, this release will have significant issues. We are going to release a 5.0.1 probably 
a week after 5.0 comes out to fix some of those issues. They are quite honestly so done with this process that they are actively shipping non-functioning things. Now, to uh, put a silver lining on this mess, um, Matt Mullenweg posted a huge-ass article yesterday on his blog, ma.tt, called something like WordPress 5.0 and Gutenberg Q&A, where he tries to explain all the decision-making around that and make some bizarre explanations of why it's okay to release in the middle of December. Like, for instance, we've already released three major versions of WordPress in December in the past. And everyone is like, eh, all those were minor, unimportant updates to WordPress. Nothing enormous. Gutenberg literally rewrites all of WordPress, but whatever. Sure, you can live in that alternate universe where that makes sense. Um, he has also promised to do an open... Uh, no, he's announced open listening hours where you can go and talk to Matt in person if you book a time um, oh, to bear okay, your grievances sure, in sure. private because he's tired of all the fighting on the internet. And um, it was just announced yesterday, let's say I'm just reading it here, that the Gutenberg Times is hosting a Q&A session with the phase one and development leads for Gutenberg uh, on Friday, November the 30th, which is today yes. at 2 p.m. UTC, which is 1900 UTC, which 2 p.m. ET, that's like 11, yeah. 11 a.m. for us. Here, right? Yeah. So... Are you going to be joining it? Me? <clears throat> I'll be on a SkyTrain on my way to, wo to work. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've talked enough to these people. Other people should have space to talk to them. But yeah, so when is WordPress 5.0 going to be released? In the future, at some point, probably very soon, like maybe today or tomorrow or Saturday or Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday or Monday or like, who knows? This is now officially an we will release when we're ready status. The only thing we know is that the promise that if it wasn't released on November 27th, it would be pushed to d January 12th, has been thrown out. So it will release whenever. I, I, I apologize to the listeners of views. This is no, a, this is actually no, no, this is all... I can document everything I say. No, no, I was remarking about what you... I'm just going to... I'm done. I'm, just I'm gonna, done. This is just right. stupid now. So yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to eat my fancy oatmeal. Right, there we go. I'm about to say something that's very English. It's English humour. Um, they're probably, uh, probably going to release it on Christmas Day, a bit like the uh, Trump administration releasing their their climate report on Black Friday. <laughs> I don't know. They'll uh, probably release it on Thursday next week. Yeah. The day before the World Camp US. Yeah, probably. Yeah, what do you think, Sally? Well, it, it is kind of like, um, yes, we'll release it when it's done, except not because we know that it won't really be done when we release it, mm -hmm. uh, uh, is what I take out of, out of what Morton says. And yeah, I mean, I did not expect that it was going to come out on the 19th and I did not expect that the 27th was going to be soon enough. And, <clears throat> uh, you know, it's clear there are issues and, and I noticed um, a, a post uh, yesterday pointing out that, um, you know, the Drupal team, which has been quite enthusiastic about Gutenberg, also, you know, is experiencing the same sort of accessibility issues and, and wrestling with uh, how to deal with that if, if they put a, a layout builder into their core. Uh, so, yeah, it's gotten to be a, 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 a bit of a cluster. Um, you know, I'm glad they didn't push it out sooner. It's the present state of things is a, a trifle embarrassing, perhaps, but, uh, you know, like most things, you know, such as, as the great uh, post-format adventure, um, you know, by this time next year, we will probably only dimly remember uh, that this was such a scandal. Do you think so? Well, you know, I guess that's my, <coughs> that's probably the optimistic way of, of looking at it. You know, because I know there are people who are very upset and, you know, not without some reason. <coughs> I think that if the issues, particularly the accessibility issues, get resolved in the course of the next few months, 
and the, the you know the problems are addressed and we have something that's working the, the, the way it should be working uh, that you know the, the the scandal among people who flap their mouths like us uh, will die down but that you know I think some of the individuals who have been directly involved uh, are never going to have the same level of uh, you know of, of, of trust or or faith in in the future and i think that is a really sad effect yeah i think scandal's a little bit but you chose i think that's a little bit i wouldn't go with scandal i think it's a total shit fest so um, here we go uh, um, um uncle spencer what you know why this this bit of a shit is it a shit fest you know it seems you know, I'm, I'm going i'm going contrarian on this whole conversation I'm going to make my early New Year's Eve prediction because that's what you do on the show, I'm sure. You know, like some politics. My prediction is that 2019 will be the year that a group of rogue, entrepreneurial-minded people will break away from the WordPress crowd, take a fork, and build an ecosystem based upon all the stuff you need in one place. Essentially, a platform but that it has all the pieces of all the name brand components that you want to need in a just ready to go format, including the hosting, including the CRM, including the WordPress CMS, including all the components. And it will be a conglomeration based upon aligned business interest between all the various component authors and the end users for flat rate pricing so that somebody who wants to come in and do something on WordPress for their business doesn't have to go to Kajabi or ClickFunnels or anything else, but can come to WordPress Push a button, get all the name brand stuff they want for flat rate pricing plus the support. That's You're my talking about automatic, right? Talking about other than automatic. <laughs> because one of the things I want to say, and I don't care because I may not be in the outcast field, but one of the things I want to say is this is a perfect representation of the king has spoken respectfully. Automatic is business interest. It's going to do what they want the way they want. They're going to say, do as we say, not as we do. <coughs> Jetpack, <coughs> jetpack. And everybody else is clearly seeing that whether you're on the hosting end or the CRM end or the plugin author end, that everything is starting to look and feel like it's just a stack of stuff. The only difference is who owns the stack. So I think that there'll be a rogue group of people, maybe I might be involved in it, who want to just say, you know what? The end users need the same stuff. Let's give them the same stuff with the open source software in a way that everybody who's participating for the stuff wins and go ahead and let Gutenberg and all the rest take their ship wherever they want to go. Because that's the deal that the devil was made with, or that was made with the devil of open source is open source, live and die by your own rules. And if you want to go off with automatic and do this thing, great. We'll just take four points something and go have fun. Yeah. Before I put it over to you, Chris, I just want to ask you this, Chris. Um, I, I said a I'm in, I'm in the camp between I'm in the middle between Morton and Spencer. Really, my there's attitude. no middle between Morton and Spencer. Morton and Spencer's on the same page. I think we are too. Yeah, <laughs> right, well, well, he's well, not well, being contrarian. He's just stating facts. All right, I'm saying contrarian to this whole like I'm just done thinking about this. In my mind, this is like they've already done the deed. And his listen, Matt's got a hard job. I'm not criticizing Matt. God forbid, but he has to put his interest where his money is, right? And it's very clear when you read his last post, like, this is not going to be like, come on. I mean, you know, this reminds me of like tariffs on food. And then we give $2 billion to farmers to pay them for the money we stole from them. It's like, just don't do the first thing in the first place. Don't do this thing that breaks the whole community up. Because as soon as you do it, you can't just undo it. It's done. That's my opinion. We'll see. Right. I'll put that away. What do you think then, Chris? Uh, I'll just share a story as a plugin author at Lifter LMS. And that is that on November 27th, <clears throat> I showed up loyalty to my webinar to do the Gutenberg unveil and show how my plugin works with Gutenberg. Uh, Gutenberg wasn't ready. We did the webinar anyways. We, show, we showed our community how Gutenberg works, what it's all about. We showed how Lifter works with Gutenberg and how it's Gutenberg compatible. And we showed how to you, how you can blow apart the course template and rebuild it however you want with blocks, Gutenberg style. So we were ready. Um, and then I told the people that, well, based on what we've heard before, it's not actually rolling out today, but it's going to be rolling out sometime in January. Uh, so that's what I told them based on what 
we've heard before, but it sounds like it could roll out any moment now. So I'm not that worried about like, oh, well, I said January and they're going to forget. It's not, that's not really on me, but as a plugin author, I'm not, I don't have information. I'm not getting information soon enough to work with to, you know, for my timing purposes. I'm ready. We're ready. But um, I just, I would like to have better communication. I yeah, am that, that's, what, that's what I was going to ask you about. It just seems really from day one to its birth, it's just the, just the whole the whole thing's been handled and the communication. It just seems so god awful, though. It is the communication is an issue. I am going. I signed up for one of the listening sessions, so I am <laughs> going to talk to Matt tomorrow and represent the Lifter community. I have a survey out. I'm getting all kinds of feedback of like, how can I best represent you about Gutenberg? I'm getting lots of private messages. Some people are freaking out. Some people are excited. There's a broad mix. But I'm going to communicate and I'm just going to go forward and see where this all goes. I do understand as a product creator how deadlines shift. And sometimes, like, for example, when GDPR came out, our whole schedule just moved forward, like, delayed a month because we got to do all this GDPR stuff. Like, stuff comes up. Stuff happens. That's why I almost never, ever promise any kind of day. I'll give a range or talk about priorities, but it's very hard to deliver, like, a ship day for something big. So I, I empathize with the situation. However, there's a lot of agencies and plugin authors and users that are, that do need to do planning hosting companies. So as we get closer, we should be concretizing timelines just for transparency purposes. So, um, but it, it looks like we're just, it's inevitable. It sounds like perhaps it's going to release before WordCamp US maybe. Um, so that's, <clears throat> Um, but we're just going to see where it's going to go at this point, and I look forward to talking to Matt tomorrow. What do you think, John? I think eventually Gutenberg will be okay, but that time is not right now. Um, I feel really bad for you know all the plugin authors out there and people like Chris and all you know all the plugin authors that you know because they're having to you know work with this moving target. This thing isn't finalized yet. I do think that there has been a lot of goodwill in the community that's there's a part of it that's not ever going to be, I think, the same. Uh, something I've seen on my Twitter timeline was uh, one person said they've got 40 automatic devs working on Gutenberg right now, but for accessibility, we're having a crowdfund in the rest of the community for an audit, and accessibility experts are supposed to volunteer. And, and that's what I'm talking about. I, I, I think eventually Gutenberg will get to what it wants to be, which is a competitive page builder type of thing like Squarespace or Divi or Wix or Beaver Builder. But it's a long ways off. But I think the way that, that everything's been gone about uh, is interesting, uh, to say the least. And I think that... Like what, what um, Sally was talking about with in six months or a year, we'll forget about all this. We might have forgotten about the drama around Gutenberg as software. The larger issue has become governance within the WordPress project and communication and a very top-down uh, way of handling things. And the damage that's done to the WordPress community is not, it's no longer damage around Gutenberg. It's actually a, loss of trust in leadership and uh, a significant number of people walking away from the project because they, they no longer feel like this is a place they belong. And the damage, that damage will continue to spread unless something significant is done. And the, the messaging that's coming out from Matt in particular does not help the situation at all. It actually makes it much, much worse um, because he's basically... Uh, to use a terminology often used in other circumstances, gaslighting the community. Uh, he's acting as if everyone who has any kind of critique are just being crazy or paranoid and there's nothing to worry about here and everything is fine. And anytime some critique comes up, he's like, well, you can just install the classic editor plugin. And then you're like, but that in itself is a problem. No, it's not because like, you know, th there's, there's a um, communication error going on within the community and it's causing a rift that's much more significant in the 
actual community that builds WordPress. Um, and that's the true risk because the overall user will see Gutenberg and be like, what the hell is this? And then they'll learn it and then it'll be fine. But what happens to internally to WordPress is what I'm concerned about now because I don't, I don't know what's going to happen once this thing ships. Who's going to run the ship next time? Where are we going? We don't even know. Like everyone talks about phase two. What the hell is phase two? No one has said anything. I'm sure there's going to be some big reveal at WordCamp US where Matt's going to present the plan of WordPress. The problem is no one outside of his little cadre of people has had any input on what that is. Um, and that's not how WordPress has worked in the past and it's not how WordPress should be working at all. So. Okay, um, on to the next story. Uh, um, Seth Guggen, his new book, this is marketing. I was, I've been listening to it on audiobook. I'm quite impressed. I think it's one of his better books, well, one of his better books for a while. What did you think of it, Spencer? Seth Godin is the godfather of everything I know about marketing, unless you count guys like Joe Sugarman and, you know, the telemarketer guys from the old 80s. Seth has always been a person who says the best things in the least number of words I actually did listen to this book because I enjoyed it while I was walking it on my bike. But he really makes a key point here, which, again, because I'm an advocate of what he's been teaching. He's been the person who's taught me so much. I've been saying this in different ways, but he emphasizes the marketing world of today is essentially this. You cannot steal somebody's attention, right? You can't get in the way of them, you know, like on a TV show and, and not, you know, fear that they're going to walk away. So what you have to do is go to the end result, right? Like what is it that they really need from you? And for example, he uses this one of a quarter inch drill bit. If you're selling a quarter inch drill bit, you're really not selling the drill bit. What you're selling is they need to drill a hole in the wall so they can mount a shelf. And then on the shelf, they want to put a picture of their wife and kids or husband and kids or something so that while they're sitting there grinding away at their work, they're reminded of why they're working. So what you're selling to them is that feeling of, you know, you're somebody they trust to give them the end result that will make them feel good. And that's what we talked about before was whenever I give, well, not directly, but John a hard time about SEO and everything else. I always say like, it's all about relationships. You need to find somebody with a pain point, learn about them, solve their pain. And he goes into many, many examples about how the things today are different because of how many outlets there are. And actually, it'll tie in nicely if we get to it. The other story about Gary Vaynerchuk is wrong, 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 wrong. Because I think these two guys are on opposite sides of the world. Seth, I agree with wholeheartedly, and I do agree with the article, versus Gary Vaynerchuk, which is people are sick and tired. They're just like, they're, they're exhausted from all the bullshit and the hype and everything else. Now what people want is somebody they trust who they can have help them solve their problem and give them the feeling of satisfaction. And for anybody who's even curious about this, it's a great reader list. It is. Funny enough, actually, Spencer, that particular point you make is one of the ones I don't totally agree with because... Um, I'm surprised. Well, because, you know, look at Facebook. Facebook is disruptive um, advertising on steroids. And uh, they've made a ton of money disrupting people. Hold, hold on, hold on. How many people right here? Sally started today saying, I'm not on Facebook. I've said a hundred times. I try to avoid being on Facebook except for those times I need to do it. Everybody you talk to, now there's ads on YouTube that say, like, get your brain back by turning off Facebook. Everybody who has a choice has figured out like social media is good for business to a certain extent, but there's an arguable point, And I would definitely take a stand on this, that trust in real people relationships, like that's the, the, the golden rule, but like jamming shit in front of people's faces just because, you know, you might steal their attention is a, a, a tapering off methodology. And the Facebook's day of reckoning will come. I'm not saying they're going away today or tomorrow, but you know, people are just starting to get on the other side of that hill of like, Oh, you know, we're, well, and I also think it, it's a, you know, it depends a lot on who you are. So, mm. uh, you know, but I do know that in terms of, you know, the, uh, kind of interruption marketing stuff. The let's pop pop up at you. Let's but you know, I mean, people are just irritated and they turn that off and they use their ad blockers and and so on and and so forth. And for most people who are going to be reading Seth Godin's book, the ones who are uh, you know uh, marketing agencies or individual businesses, uh, 
that you know you have to develop relationships absolutely applies. Yeah, we also got to understand Spencer in a in a recent interview of Seth. Um, he, he pointed out that ninety eight percent of Americans don't even know who he is. He, you know, it, you know, uh, and we all live in it in our own bubble. We see and hear the things that we want to hear and see, basically. And um, what do you think, Chris? I think Seth Godin is like a small infant child with a huge brain. And what I mean by that is um, kids will often ask why, and then you answer, and then they say why, and then you answer, and then you say why. So the answer about the drill, the bit, the hole, the shelf, the photo, the feeling of security, the meaning of life, that's from asking why six times, which is something that Seth does very well. And then he's able to deliver what he finds out when he asks why so many times, very simply. So the way he delivers and he teaches, I find very subtle, effective, and um, quite entertaining too. Yeah. But he also, there's a couple other points in the book. Um, he makes, he talks a lot about the minimum viable audience instead of the minimum viable product, which again, that comes from asking why instead of being like, okay, I've got my MVP. There's another why behind that is like, well, who's it for? And just to share an example, I was, I have a, like a office hours mastermind call I do with some of my customers. Somebody was in there who had, they're, they're trying to get six to 25 customers. That's it. Each of their customers has several thousand people in their company. They just need to close a certain type of deal with a certain type of company. And their learning management system is hugely successful. They know exactly who their minimum viable audience is. And it's a strong B2B play that's really scalable, but they're very tight. Whereas sometimes you talk to an education entrepreneur and they're just kind of like, I help entrepreneurs or I help busy moms. There's, there's not a, um, a tight minimum viable audience. And then the other really brilliant thing he said, which is why I like to listen to Seth books twice, is you'll miss stuff because it's so simple. Is, but he said it like 17 times in the book. So he kind of drilled it in, which is, when you're creating marketing and you're getting inside the mind of a prospect or your audience, the subconscious um, operating system that's running is um, saying the question, people like us do things like this. He's said that over and over and over again. Wow. Um, so if your product or your message or your service, um, if if it answers that question, like, oh, do people like us do things like this? No matter what it is, that's like a very strong selling thing without getting into a bunch of manipulation tactics and testimonials and social proof and proof and all this stuff. Just that's a pretty good place to focus. And I think Seth does a great job going back to the fundamentals. That's the fundamentals of marketing, you know, targeting your audience and um, having that um, rapport and that identity match between the, uh, the product and the person. So he's just great at that stuff. Uh, you know, don't let your lizard brain send emails. This is from his book, Lynchpin, I think. Uh, Stop waiting to be picked. He has these like catchy things that really help. I think uh, sometimes it's just one insight out, out of one of his books. It can be a game changer, just like when he introduced the concept of permission marketing like 15 years ago. Yeah, he ran, think, he, he ran the numbers too. By the way, the Facebook. Sorry, I jump on before. He ran the numbers like for Casey Neistat, who I'm a fan of, and you know Casey Neistat's an outlier because he has 10 million viewers on YouTube. But the point was, he ran the numbers hypothetically of a YouTube influencer or a Facebook marketing campaign, and people are going with like, I need 10 million people to get down to. 10,000 that are interested. And of the 10,000, maybe 500 will click. And of the 500 will click, maybe 5% will convert. So whatever the numbers are, it's like 10 million gets you 25 customers, right? Whereas Chris, and I'm on that same page, are like, if you start out at the, I'm going to go right to the thing that I can do for you, maybe you need 50 people to get five paying customers. And they're all really tightly focused in an alignment, like you're the one I want to marry. And that's the difference between the Facebook world of marketing, where people are just spraying and praying Versus like, I'm going to go and find out exactly who really is a person that wants to date me and marry me and just start with my, you know, time spent there. There we go. Um, I see where you're coming from, Spencer. It's just that um, I, I actually agree with most of what you say. It's just it's, norm, it's normally the last 20% of where you push your argument that I, um, 
I tend to, uh, I tend to, uh, um, right, right, Sally, uh, um, I tend to uh, um, disagree with you. And um, I agree with, my, with a lot of things what go for, and I agree with a lot of things you've just said, but I, I think there's also a place for being on the presence. And there, there's also a place for disruptive marketing, even if we don't like to admit it. What do you reckon, John? Yeah, it's it's exactly what the panel has said so far. What we think of as marketing right now is interruption marketing. And Seth was a guy that I used to read um, when I was first starting my own journey uh, a long time ago, you know, coming back from the factory. And uh, it, it's exactly, as Chris said, he puts things in simple terms. Uh you know, that are so simple that they don't seem as profound as they are. Like Chris and, and Spencer said, if you focus on the audience that you're trying to reach and you focus on the relationship that you have with them, then you're going to have more success than just throwing ads uh, everywhere, which is a lot of the promise of social media was to develop relationships through the, the internet. But what it's turned into is another channel for interruption marketing. Just like TV commercials on TV interrupt the show that you're trying to watch. These uh, Instagram, I, I take it has gotten really bad lately. I'm not really on there a whole lot. Uh, but it's, it's almost as bad as Facebook with you know, just incessant ads. So, What do you reckon, Moulton? What did you, what do you, got any faults? You're muted, Moulton. You're not interface is weird so I'll preface this by saying uh, I absolutely hate marketing is unethical and evil and should stop immediately um, <laughs> let me just address some things that were said who buys drill bits people. just like who buys drill bits who's the target audience for drill bits people with the drill people with the drill now there are two types of drill bits there are drill bits for common folk like us who don't really need more than one or two or maybe three. Then there are drill bits for the people who actually use drill bits every day. What you're, what, like, I haven't read this book, but the general description that you gave gave me an inkling as to what I think is going on, which is, this is really a conversation about how do we get people who don't need drill bits to buy more drill bits from your company? Because, no, no see, no. okay, then you have to explain this to me because... No, tell me. I haven't read the book. I'm saying the way you described it to normal people who haven't read the book, that's what it sounded like. So explain it. The bottom line is the one point, I'll leave Chris's points alone, is that what you're really trying to do in marketing today is Mm -hmm. to allow people to distinguish what group or what uh, tribe they belong to. What's their attitude? Okay, so that's what I was going to get to. Because that's... To align with somebody who is in that same mindset so that they can help them, again... There is always a sell their product. Everybody who's okay. understanding yeah. it. Is I understand that part. Product. I understand yes, that I, part. I, I so, think that the ethical issue comes where you have the difference between, are we trying to let people who need our product and know they need something that does X, even if they don't know specifically that they need our product, you know, are we trying to let those people know that, that our product exists and therefore help them? And are we trying to suggest to people that, hey, there's this thing that, that you may, uh, hey, you know, there's this thing that you don't really need, but we want to convince you that, that you should buy it anyway. And uh, yeah, that can yeah, be so, so, the, so this thing there's about marketing tribes. without money, by the way, it's just, that's I not know. what we're talking about. I mean, I there's know. marketing like belong to my money. My sister is a marketer. I know. My, my, my sister, yeah. my sister-in-law is a marketer. I don't have a sister. The, so the tribe thing is the- is It's the, okay. My brother is a lawyer. <laughs> the tribe thing is the core of this issue because like you said, um, like Chris said, the, the thing he's, he's trying to drive to is this like people like us to do things like this, right? Which is true. If you know what group you belong to, then you can identify it. Like I once started a project that was called What the Pros Use, which was basically trying to show professional, uh, show photographers, you don't need to buy the most expensive equipment because f- professional photographers use garbage equipment. It's actually the mm-hmm. eye that is your camera, not the fancy gear you have, right? 
the thing with marketing and the thing especially with social media marketing is it is very easy to make people want to belong to groups they don't belong to or make people aspire to be in specific tribes because they think that that's better. And that's what we see in photography and in musicians and in everything else that is like, to be this person you want to be, you need to own these products, right? Or to, to, to fall into this tribe, you need to have these things. And a lot of this marketing that I'm seeing that is done this correct way is actually programming people into to aspiring to be something they're not, putting them into new groups within it. And that's what social media does so well. And the insidious part of social media, the one that you're talking about to appeal to this why factor is actually about manipulating people into thinking or wanting to be in social groups or, or tribes or whatever they're not supposed to be in. The other issue with this is, this is insider baseball, like insider baseball for only people who talk about insider baseball right? The majority of people who do marketing on the internet do not know who this guy is, do not know anything about marketing. All they see is, hey, there's a bunch of people over here. I'm going to click this button and buy a promoted tweet or promoted Facebook or whatever, right? So we can talk about this until the cows come home. The reality is what is actually happening on the internet is powered by an algorithm that is designed to just sell more, uh, sell people on the idea of selling more ads, right? That's not going to go away. So it's great that some people are thinking around that, but the reality is they're still doing unethical things. They're just wrapping it in something else that makes it sound less unethical. They're still doing extremely questionable things and they're not improving the conversation online at all. Fourth, fifth or whatever, this idea that people are leaving Facebook only applies to certain groups. Mm. Have a child and watch your partner fall into the Facebook hole and never come out again. Because on Facebook, there are all these little ch chambers of people who do things like trade clothes or trade stories about what's going on. And it's the refuge for Show people. Show pictures of their children's dorms. Yeah, and it's like it's become the only place where you can actually do these kinds of things. Like Facebook is a fantastic platform for doing things like clothing trades for kids. Um, and it's the only platform available. And until that is taken over by some other platform that does it better, Facebook will continue to exist. Those people are then inundated with marketing from other people like them who read these books to try to put them into tribes so that they can market specific products to them. This is insidious. It's evil. And I hate marketing for it because it's actually destroying our society. I haven't read the book. I will actually read it listen to it because I'm not going to read it. I will listen to it, but I am 99% certain I will walk out of it angrier than I am right now. Um, we're going to go for the break um, um, now. But I've got good news, listeners. I've, I've, been, I've had an exchange with Seth and he, we were talking about him coming on the WP Tonic show. Uh, I'll read um, the book before he comes on the show. Not this one, but well, Wednesday. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> we've got some interesting guests coming on the Friday show um, in the new year, listeners. Um, hopefully, I, um, I can come to agreement with Seth about all his assistant about him coming on the show. But he's thinking about it, which is good news. He did. They, his assistant didn't say just clear off. So uh, um, we'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. Coming back, we've had a live, this has been a lively one. I've enjoyed this so far. This has been good stuff. <laughs> Hopefully you've enjoyed it, listeners and viewers. Um, on to number three, Jetpack 6.8 adds Gutenberg blocks for payment buttons, forms, maps, and markdown. What did you think of this, Spencer? I just want to ask, isn't there right now, Morton knows, there's 19.5 million WordPress sites, right, roughly? Isn't that what they're saying? Uh, I, th I believe that stat is Guten, no, it's WordPress.com plus Jetpack activated sites. That's the only way of tracking so, so, so like 20 million, roughly. But the point Probably is... Probably way more than that. 
you, you made a good point while you're wearing your blue beanie hat, which I love, is that I know who is the guy that you mentioned at the beginning of the show about like this, because he's an old 1970s, 80 kind of guy. And I believe when I talk to people in the real world, like about WordPress, mm-hmm. four out of five people look at me like, what? Mm-hmm. WordPress, what? what? And so when you do get around to reading yes, stuff. Is, is, is that uh, word it, processing it, software? My point, well, I'm saying my point is when you get around to talking about stuff, we got like what, 7 billion people on the planet, two and a half billion people online. When you talk WordPress, most people don't know what we're talking about, yet we all make our livelihood in that little microcosm too. That's 30% of the web though. Like that's the but thing. Just, people I'm don't know what it is, point. but they go to WordPress sites every single day. I'm saying with regard to all the stuff we're talking about, what's interesting, and your point is valid, I agree with it, is that yes, the Seth Godin thing, like he existed before the internet, during the internet, he'll exist after the internet, but he's dealing with the world that you know came before, the 1950s you know, Mad Men guys all the way forward. So be open-minded to it because my point is, yes, the Facebook thing sucks, but Facebook is billions of people or hundreds of millions and WordPress is only 19 million right now. And yet we all like do our thing in here. Having that said, Jetpack represents to me the worst of automatic as always, because it sucks. Everybody knows it sucks. It violates the prime directive that he tells everybody they have to live by. And they just try to jam this premium thing down. And worse of all, back to my original contrarian view, is that this is the little insidious thing that gets into all those relationships with the, you know, the, the blue hosts and the host skaters and whatever, where you, you want a WordPress site and you have to spend the first part of your whole day with the client undoing the jetpacks, dirty deeds, and so forth. So I feel like this is a manual. not going to go away, but every time. you know. What the hell? I've been thinking about before the break, our previous, and what you've just said, actually. And do you know the Mixer G podcast, Spencer? Love it. Yeah, yeah, love it. Love it. A big fan of Andrew and when he started it and everything else. Yeah. I really got, uh, I really like Andrew and I like the Mixer G and I've been listening to it for donkey's years, but he, he pushes this horrendous hosting provider. And every time he talks about how great it is and, you know, that you can set up your business on this particular... Ho- and I know this hosting provider, and I know they're total shit, absolute shit of the worst type possible. You know, uh, um, he loses all credibility. And I think that's what Morton's talking about, about marketers. You know, there, there's a position where... Why Andrew chooses to take that, it can't be that he needs the money from these cockroaches, um, but why he chooses to take money from a terrible hosting provider, which he must know is God-awful, and then keeps plugging it, he loses all credibility. That That's that's the problem, Spencer, which I think Morton also was trying to point out. What do you reckon, Chris? Um. So when I looked at the interface of installing the contact form, the map, or the payment deal, it was a good user experience. I like it. The more I use Gutenberg, I like the uh, I like the block concept, and I think for the end user, it's good. The part that I'm fuzzy on is what does this mean that uh, every single WordPress website is going to have the Jetpack Premium options in the blocks out of the gate? Or is this only for WordPress.com people or only for people who install the Jetpack plugin or the hosts do for them? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm asking that question, just trying to clarify for myself and the audience. Well, no, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like, okay, added some blocks. Uh, you know, not necessarily a bad thing. People are going to add blocks. Blocks are cool. But yeah, bugger me. Does this mean I have to install Jetpack? I really try to not install Jetpack. Yeah, you don't need I don't to install have the blocks that I need. I got every block except the one I need. Oh, got to go to the premium Jetpack now. Oh, so yeah, you right. don't, these Jetpack blocks will only be available if you have Jetpack or Jetpack Premium or whatever. There's a separate um, project that was started by Drupal, which is called something like Block Cloud. I forget what it's, it is right now. But so Drupal, there are some people in Drupal that are trying to adopt Gutenberg into Drupal and they want to open source, like make agnostic the idea of blocks so that you can pull them in. And um, this, like Spencer predicted this would happen, right? This whole idea of uh, Jetpack selling blocks a long time ago in the very beginning of this mess because it's obvious. I mean, Jetpack has always been a Trojan horse. 
Um, totally. So, um, and it was funny when it first released and I asked one of the engineers, this is a Trojan horse, right? And he's like, no, it's not. And I'm like, inside the code, it says things like, I do you think you're pushing it a little bit far, Morton. Uh, no, it, it, it's, it's not. not no way, he's not the, pushing the it. The only so plugin in the plugin directory, which is allowed to be a nest for other plugins, <laughs> is Webpack. There is a specific <laughs> clause. No, 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 no. There's a specific clause inside the WordPress plugin directory rules that say you cannot have a plugin that installs other plugins. Except for Jetpack, unless you're right? automatic, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so no, it's it's. I mean, you know, the, it, but but like people hate Jetpack for a reason, it, it, for a lot of reasons, that, and they're good reasons. There are a ton of plugins that are coming out now that introduce blocks. There will be a ton more plugins that come out to introduce blocks. Uh, this block cloud project will come out. Blocks will become a big thing. The big question is whether or not the Jetpack blocks will be able to take a large. Com- component of the market simply because they have so much exposure. A lot of hosts automatically install Jetpack for you. Automatic is a giant company that does a lot of marketing and does very aggressive marketing towards people using Jetpack because that's a way for WordPress, no, for them to earn money from people who have self-hosted WordPress sites. So you don't need Jetpack to do the things, but many people will choose it simply because it seems like the right option and we don't talk to those people so they don't know that it's not necessarily the right option. <laughs> well, and just just to add, how does a web hosting company decide what they pre-install or not? Because not oh, before can I interrupt? Yeah. But before we go right. there, I forgot I want to mention one of my sponsors, and they are not <laughs> terrible hosting providers. They are Kingster. They are the friendly hosting providers. Um, I host the WP Tonic website on Kingster. Big enough to have all the technology, small enough to still care. And I wouldn't use them to host my site, even if they're paying their sponsor of the show. I just wouldn't do it. And I've been entirely happy with them. They use Google technology. Fantastic. But what you get from Kinster is a fantastic interface and 24-7 real quality support. So if you're a developer, implementer, or a power user, I suggest that you go to kingster.com, look what they've got to offer, and buy it. And give them a Twitter and tell them that you heard it on the WP Tonic Show, and they're going to be our main sponsor in 2019. And I'm so pleased that they decided that, because they're one of the good guys out there. I think they are. Um, can I, can I, can I guys? To your Andrew Warner thing, and this is aside from, by the way, you or Andrew or anybody else who has a show, you're delivering value. Somebody sponsoring it is different. Just for anybody who hasn't been awake for the last six to eight years, Bluehost, for example, which is one of the largest cesspools of like people who don't know any better WordPress sites, they offer Bluehost has four contributors in WordPress now. (laughs) 85 to here's the business model. 85, and don't get me wrong, I love this. $85 85 to $125 up front when you sign somebody up for like a $5 a month basic hosting plan, okay? Where else in the world can you, as a marketer, to Morton's point, or somebody who wants to make fast cash, go ahead and get paid a buck and a quarter for somebody who's only paying five bucks a month to the person who's giving you the money? It's the largest, you know, racket in the world. And they have made their calculations and understand that once that person puts their rinky-jinky blog on WordPress and they're like locked in complicated mess of stuff, that they will just stay there forever because nobody's going to tell them otherwise. They don't know any better. They don't care. Only those people whose businesses rise to a certain level of like, holy crap, what's happening here? And they go and ask for professional advice. Does somebody say like, Really? You're on Bluehost? Like, really? You're on Postgate? You need to get on, like, cloud hosting in a real thing. And even then, with Kinster or anybody else who does real hosting, we're on a race to the bottom. This is just like text messaging where they used to charge you 25 cents for every text message you sent. Or like your cable company that charges you for data outage on a pipe that's always connected. It's just bullshit. Everybody knows that hosting is all about the services that are being provided outside of the data being moved around anymore. Everything is magical these days. As far as to find everybody, because I, I think everybody we, who's I running a business needs the, the service who needs like above a, a shared hosting, shared account. Like if your blog gets 30 people a day, anything will work. If your business is running WordPress and compression and marketing automation and you have high traffic, you will actually find sometimes that the site won't load. So you go, huh, who's going to help me with that? 
That's where you need to be on cloud hosting, but that's generic too, AWS or Google. And you want somebody who'll be like, what the hell is all this stuff? Just hook it up for me. And that's where you need a Kinsta or, you know, that's what still, you know, WP Engine does today, even though their prices are coming down. They realize people need like business help. Everybody else is already at the point of like, hey, it just works. And it's amazing that you could get paid a buck and a quarter to send somebody to HostGator because they know once the person gets in there that they'll get their money back in two and a half, three years or something. So I'm losing you a little bit. Are you saying that's okay to do that? Or are you no, saying- I'm saying that's, that's the, I'm agreeing with Morton on the aspect of what is the reason that certain business models exist? People out there are pushing, hey, get your WordPress website up in five minutes, follow my lesson. Every single blogger in the world has a how to use Bluehost, how to use HostGator, you know, click my link. Why? Because they've put out bounties that say you'll get $85 to $125 for every signup. And this has been going on back in the days of the guy named John Chow from six years ago, who I loved back in the day, he used to teach like how to make six figures from just referring people. But he still does. He earns right. way more than six figures. Well, now he's in seven figures, eight figures, because he's pushing some other stuff. But the point is, that's the other side of marketing, because that's not a relationship. That's just, I'm going to get 125 bucks affiliate style if you go here. The world we live in is always going to have that. We're in a capitalistic world. You could be as spiritual and high level new age as I like to think I am. But the other side of my world is like, hello, I got to make a living in the real world. And unfortunately, that's where these new things always come up and they rise and they fall and they rise and fall. But like Andrew Warner is a high level guy. He's always trying to improve. And I know him sort of indirectly personally because his engineer. Yeah, why does he, why does he choose to push a hosting company? That's absolute crap. For the reason I just said is that they're willing to pay him money over and above the other ones for that position. But how is that serving his listeners and viewers, Spencer? Does any, does, listen, the way he does his commercials, I've actually told him in person, I said, I feel uncomfortable every time you talk because your show is awesome. But when you get to that point where you're trying to be all clever and innovative about your ad, you take like nine minutes to tell me something that you could have done like Jonathan. It's like, my sponsor is Kinsta, done and done, right? Okay, I get it. Instead, he's trying to make the story and involve me. I'm like, I only have 25 minutes for my walk. I have to fast forward my podcast to get to the, you know. You're avoiding the question. You're saying the he, point is, he's why does he choose to sell? Just crap? taking the dollar. He's just the dollar. What he's trying to make a relate. Highest bidder, Jonathan. Bud? Highest bidder. I mean, and I'll throw this in there too for like anyone who's listening to. If you ever like come across an article on the on the webs where it says, Here's where we're comparing. Here's like the best hosts. And it's all the usual players that are at the bottom of the market. I'm talking InMotion, Bluehost, HostGator, DreamHost. That's all affiliate commission. Most of like all these like articles on here's the best hosting we tried. It's usually the worst hosting. And it's like right. Spencer said, once they're on there, they're not going to move because their business is never going to come up to the level or it's unlikely that they're going to need to switch to an actual quality host like Kinsta. Like Jetpack users. You people are terrible. Like seriously, you are poo-pooing 99% of the web right now. You're like, unless you're a professional, whatever, unless your business has a million visitors, 99% of the web is normal people who publish their lives or whatever onto the internet. That's fine. People don't need WP, uh, like crazy expensive (laughs) hosting. They need a host. The reality is um, all these evil hosts that we used to hate are some of the key contributors to things like WordPress security now because they have the most sites and they actually are the ones that see the stats. And they do more for WordPress right now than most of the companies that contribute to WordPress. Well, uh, yes. So I, mean, let's, so let's I, I, I totally agree that like the marketing thing, but marketing is evil out of the box. They, the reason why WordPress is more secure now is actually because um, uh, the people from GoDaddy and the people from um, Media Temple and the people from a bunch of other of these evil hosts got together and created the security team within WordPress. Nobody said you evil host. You put the word evil oh, host. You're, you're, saying saying you're, just, you're saying they're I selling s- garbage product. And no, they're doing no, no. That's not what I said. I that's said. How, that's what people hear. 
I said they are putting out a bounty because they realize that they have a school bus that can hold a thousand people where another host might hold 10. And they, like you say, realize most people don't, don't need more than one seat in a thousand person school bus. They're not doing anything wrong. What I'm saying is the reason why marketing issues come up where some scammy spammer affiliate decides like I'm going to push Bluehost is not because that person's going to have a relationship with the business owner. Instead, they're like, Bluehost will give me 125 bucks if you sign up. That doesn't make Bluehost bad. And Bluehost does a lot of great stuff. However, go to GoDaddy and try to sign up for anything at GoDaddy and come back with your blue beanie and tell me that they are not acting evil in their checkout process where they oh. try to trick and connive you. They, they, have, they have terrible upsells and not great hosting. But, you know, we had... <laughs> Every step of the way, tricking. We had men, have had Mendel on this panel a number of times and GoDaddy has really stepped up in terms of community contributions in terms of, you know, cleaning up their workplace practices, in terms of, you know, I mean, I, I can like them as a company. I'm not that likely to uh, use or recommend their hosting for the type of projects I build. Uh, but, you know, there are actually a, a number of satisfied customers. And I think that, you know, you look at the corporation, it's, yeah, affiliate marketing, it has this possibly unintended consequence of people who, don't care. I mean, you know, I, I think it started out as a way of encouraging the people who are already your fans and generally believe in, in your product to get other people interested. Uh, but, you know, because some of these uh, affiliate commissions are pretty substantial, uh, you end up with folks who say, hey, I'm going to push anything that I, I will get some money for. And... Yeah. Well, I love I love to get Andrew on my podcast. I've outreached to him. You know, he he likes to think he asks some tough questions. Come on my show, Andrew, and we have some we have a tough interview, mate. This is smackdown thing. That's, uh, not, that's um, crazy. You know, I've asked you twice to come on the show, and you you messed me around a couple of times. Come on the show, Andrew, and we have a discussion. <laughs> About your I, I have a feeling brand. that he doesn't actually care that much what we think. I, no, I, I don't care. Sure He's carrying the money, Sally. I don't even know who you're talking much. about, so I'll just back yeah. out of it. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> on, on to the next story. On to the next story before I dig a grave. Uh, um, Mike Rearson, Gary Vaynerchuk is Ron, Ron, Ron. Well, I can't say how many times, Ron. What's this about, John? Right. So this is an article that came across my radar. And I'm going to just say this, like I said earlier in uh, today, Seth Godin was one of the people that I read that really got me on this path. Uh, when I was trying to, you know, get out of the factory, get out of the nine to five. Gary Vaynerchuk was another person I used to read. Thank You Economy was one of the very first books that, that I read on marketing. Um, and I used to be a, a big Gary V fan. But one thing that I've noticed recently I, I i'm not watching his stuff as much uh anymore and i've noticed a lot of people uh out there and it's almost like a twitter meme too uh where, where people are like you know uh this this whole thing about like you gotta hustle 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 like 25 hours a day and uh people basically like mocking gary v like saying that he kind of has the same format in all his lectures and videos where it's like oh yeah, you got to get on this. If you're not on this, then you don't exist. And, uh, you know, pushing Facebook and Instagram as the be-all, end-all, no matter what type of business you're in. Now, mind you, VaynerMedia is a social media company. It's, it focuses a lot on stuff like Snapchat and Instagram. He hires a lot of interns uh, that, that want to work with the guru. And uh, basically sells this to Fortune 500 companies. Uh, it, it, but at the same time, it's, it's really weird. This article is saying a lot of stuff like, you know, he's obsessed with, uh, you know, saying that TV is dead, social media is where it's at. Uh, but if you're going to spend on TV, buy a Super Bowl ad because that's, you know, big uh, and everybody watches that. And what this article is saying is he's wrong about a lot of stuff. You could be on Facebook and Instagram and that, might not achieve your goal if you're the wrong type of business for that. Uh, and TV is not dead. Facebook itself says, you see, look, look at these companies, even WordPress.com uh, is advertising on TV. I see their commercials every single night now. 
you know, by the way, so social media is, it's a channel. It's not like the only channel. TV is not dead. 71% of our screen time is on TV as, you know, an, a nation. So, and you see Facebook and some of these other companies, Google, advertising with TV commercials. Now, why would they do that if, if their channel was the be-all, end-all? So, that, that's a lot of what this article gets to is he has these kind of things that he hammers. He has about five or six points that are part of his routine, but it's not always right. But, you know, he's not going to say he was wrong. So, Yeah, I'm going to throw it over to Chris. Chris, um, I, I agree with um, the synopsis of John, and I read the article, and I found it, I don't know how to put this, I found it confusing. I wasn't totally bought. I'm not totally bought by uh, Venacek, and I'm not totally bought by this article. Did I don't know if you had time to have a quick smoothie of it. And what, what do you think my sense about it was about right? I think the article was positioned to pick a fight, and I'm never really a big fan of dualistic thinking, where it's either permission marketing or interruption marketing. There's different. There's a lot of nuance and um, uh, variations between everything. So, but I, I think the article made some good points. You have a session with Spencer then, because he <laughs> and the article made some good points about uh, Gary V's playbook. If he's saying like to big brands, because VaynerMedia is for big Fortune 500 brands, I need if my playbook is give me a ton of money for a Super Bowl ad, um, and then the face the other two, the Facebook and the Instagram. What are the other one is? If he's just using a same playbook over and over. Um, that's, I mean, there's no such thing as like a generic marketing that's going to work for everybody in exactly the same way. And at the end of the day, I like to move all that aside and just, I always go back to the fundamental, which is the best marketing is a good product. If we focus on that, that's where mar like real solid marketing comes from. If you want to get into omnipresence, like uh Gary Vee is talking about, like, you got to be on this, you got to be on this, you got to be where the eyeballs are and the attention. That's omnipresence. Um, we got permission marketing, direct response, word of mouth, interruption marketing, billboards and all that stuff. Let's just not forget about the best marketing is a good product and people just naturally share about it. Yeah, I think at the end of the show, we've managed, well, I've managed to upset a load of people. I think Walton, I think, I think we've done a good job. Uh, so, uh, Walton, <laughs> um, Chris, Chris never upsets anybody, he's too tactful. But there we go. Walton, uh, um, uh, uh, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn Learning by going to linkedin.com slash learning and searching for my name. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, at Morton, because that's my name. And I'll be at WordCamp US next week. If you're there, come say hi. That's great. Sally, how can people find out more about you and what uh, you're up to? Well, let's see. Uh, you can go to WPFangirl dot com and find out uh, something about what I do, although I have had so little time for my own website lately, it's pathetic. Uh, I appear on Twitter as at Sally Getch. Uh, I'm reachable on LinkedIn. And uh, if you can spell my name, you'll find me. And go to eastbaywp.com if you want the meetup. And your thoughts are always welcome, Sandy. And you put me in my place, which I need putting in my place. Uh, um, Spencer, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, you can reach me at wplaunchify.com. And I was thinking about going to WordCamp US, but the hotel is sold out. Are you going to be there? What do you mean the hotel? It's Nashville. There are other hotels. <laughs> the one where you don't have to go outside to go to the hotel. <laughs> uh, the, that hotel sold out months ago. Get yeah. any other hotel around there. There's like a thousand. I may drop in. I may drop in you for should. a day. Are you, you guys not going to be there? Chris is there. John, are you going to be there? John, I'm going to be there. Not going to be there. I'm not going to be there. Sally, are you going there? No. <laughs> We're not, we're not I mean, up to you know, your I'd, I'd like to go to WordCamp US sometime, but uh, yeah. It has I'm still bitching that they moved it from San Francisco. <laughs> yes, if it, was, if it was in San Francisco, I'd certainly go. If it was anywhere I could drive to, I would very likely go. Um, All right, let's get back. Not there for. Right, fair enough. Chris, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to, Chris? 
You can find me at lifterlms.com and also my podcast, which is called LMS Cast. And if you are going to be at WordCamp US, um, send me a message or at me on Twitter. I'm at Chris Badgett. That's great. And John, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to, John? You can visit my website, which is lockdownseo.com, or you can go to my YouTube channel. Just go on YouTube, search hashtag lockdownseo. That's great. And Fun if you fact, wanna... John Locke also published a bunch of interesting books back in the 1500s that you should read. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You should. Uh, my, my dad uh, looks just like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. That's about some episode. Uh, folks, if you want to support the show, please go to iTunes and subscribe. It's one of the main factors that um, I've been told that iTunes uses to judge the quality of our show rather than listening to it. Uh, um, but do that that's really thankful and we'll be back next week with some passionate views a great discussion I've really enjoyed this week hopefully you have give us some feedback about what you thought of some of the topics we've discussed that'd be great we'll see you next week folks bye thanks for listening to WP Tonic the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week